What are the keys for Michigan State to come out of Seattle with a win on Saturday? Also, what are the biggest unanswered questions that we still have as we go into week three? And hey, we see if we can stay over 500 with our five best bets heading into the weekend. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, I'm going to shoot you straight. Uh, right now, I just need someone to hold me because uh, I am very wound up about this game. Uh, coming up on Saturday, a lot of unknowns, a lot of things to look forward to, and I'm just so scared. But hey, enough about me. Let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. That's right. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, gang. The day is almost here, Saturday, 7.30 on ABC. Or, hey, if you're one of the lucky ones going to the game, how about just rolling into Husky Stadium to watch the game? It's Spartans versus Huskies. We're going to break down why maybe Michigan State is underdogs in this game, but also, hey, why MSU can possibly win this game. What are going to be the keys here? And then all sorts of random thoughts in segment two. And then best bets in segment three. But before any of that, really quick, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. If this is your first time watching or listening, thank you so much for giving us a shot. This is Locked on Spartans. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan. If you have any questions or comments, lockedonspartans at gmail.com or comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Let's get into the game. Enough of the housekeeping. Enough of all the stuff you don't care about. Let's talk about your Spartans and those Huskies over in Seattle. Uh, Hey, on paper, Michigan State should be favored to win this game. After all, they are the team that's in the top 10 of the coaches' poll. And really, the team that's coming off of an 11-win season. Well, the Huskies are coming off of, I think it's a 2-win season? Uh Uh-oh. But, hey... Vegas has this story a little different right now. The betting line is Michigan State plus three and a half, which means that we're about a field goal underdog as we trek west to the Pacific Coast and the Pac-12 Conference. Oh boy. If you're a college football fan, if you're a Big Ten fan, if you're a Michigan State fan, you probably already know this, but traveling over three time zones to the Pac-12 does not go well for Big Ten teams. Actually, I've got the stat right here. Since 2015, Big Ten teams are 2-6 and six in road games versus Pac-12 teams. And obviously one of those games was the fated 2018 game Spartans at Sun Devils in Tempe. That was a little weirder than this game was going to be. That game kicked off at 10.30 Eastern Time. It was 104 degrees at kickoff. This is a little more manageable. kickoff Eastern Time. It's going to be, you know, similar weather to what it is in Michigan, but still, traveling is traveling, and Big Ten teams going to Pac-12 teams is kind of murderer's row, especially as of late. Again, 2-6 as a whole in the conference since 2015, and I will give you a firm handshake if you could tell me where those two wins have come from in the last seven years. I'll give you a little time. Did anyone guess both of those Big Ten wins being from Minnesota? That's right, Minnesota is the flag bearer of the Big Ten. Uh, They beat Oregon State, and then last year they beat Colorado. But, hey, you don't care about Minnesota. You care about Michigan State. So let's talk about our Spartans here heading west in true road games. So this is not including bowl games. Just want that to be clear. 
since 1998, Michigan State has had four road games to Pac-12 schools. How many have they won? That would be a whopping zero. Uh, they lost to Oregon in 98. They lost to Cal in 08. They lost to Oregon in 2014. And then, like I said, 2018, Arizona State took a loss there. So, hey, maybe we're due, baby. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're due. We got all the losses out of us. You can't lose every single game that you play at a Pac-12 road venue, can you? Well, yeah. how on earth are they going to win? I have three keys to the game here that I would just love to share with you beautiful people. And let's just get the first obvious one out of the way. And that is Peyton Thorne looking cozy. And this is also maybe a gettable spot for him. Is it as gettable as facing Akron? No, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, Washington's front seven is going to be a little better than Akron's front seven. However, with that said, Washington in their secondary is pretty, pretty thin. And that happens after, well, the two cornerbacks last year were both picked in the top 40 of the NFL draft this season. Uh, usually Washington has a lot of good secondary players and they reload. They don't necessarily rebuild don't think this is one of those years, though. We talked with Max Vrooman yesterday of UWDogPound.com, and he said as much that right now in the cornerback room starting, you have either a former walk-on, okay, yikes, uh, a UC Davis transfer who actually got dinged up in their first game week one, missed last week, and is supposed to play this week, or a guy that has converted from safety to cornerback, but still another guy that's injury-prone. So that's Washington's problems. On Michigan State sends, look, if if you had, if you have Jaden Reed playing, I'm, I'm saying if right here because he had that back injury uh, last week and, you know, obviously has the ankle or foot injury problem that's going on. If you have him, if you have Keon Coleman, Jeremy Bernard, Trey Mosley, Daniel Barker, who should be getting like eight or ten targets this game, those are weapons that are a strength over Washington's secondary. So, look, Thorne, not the greatest first two games. But this is another spot where, hey, good opportunity for a bounce back. Yes, it is against Washington. The toughest defense you'll probably face yet. But when throwing to your guys, you could have some opportunities for some big plays here. So let's get on the right side of history, Peyton. So key number two is, well, okay, it's easy to say. Let's make Thorne look cozy out there. Let's get him bounced back. Well, how, how do you make Peyton Thorne get cozy? Key to the game number two for Michigan State. It is going to be the offensive line versus, and I will single one guy out right here, Braylon Trice. He is the Washington Husky version of Jacoby Winman. Stand-up edge rusher, really good at getting to the quarterback. How good at getting to the quarterback? Well, our friends at UW Dog Pound actually found this stat for us. Out of 34 pass rush attempts, okay, Braylon Trice has 14 pressures and two sacks. That is a 41% pressure rate. That is pretty, pretty good. Now, with that said, this is kind of where it gets funny because Washington, their makeup of the season, very similar to Michigan State so far. They've pounded their first two opponents. Michigan State pounded their first two opponents. Washington really didn't play anyone, kind of like how Michigan State didn't play anyone. They've played Kent State, Portland State. It's not necessarily uh, a stocky um, road grader of an offensive line. Uh, so that might be a reason why Braylon Trice has gotten off to a hot start. But same could be said about Jacoby Winman. Really, long story short, end of the day, Braylon Trice is the guy for Washington's defense so far. 
So can you have Peyton Thorne not meet Trice early in the game? We talked about it two episodes ago that maybe Thorne's overthrow issues were because he's on his back foot or some throws, he's kind of fading away as if he's expecting to get hit. And then as the Akron game progressed, he started to trust his line a little more. Can you start the first drive, the first two drives, or, hey, can I get greedy here, the first three drives of the game, keeping Peyton on his feet, because I think between the ears, that will let Peyton know that, okay, I can trust you guys, I can step into these throws, I can connect with my receivers, so yes, can you keep Braylon Trice out of the backfield for most of the game? I don't expect a perfect game against a guy this talented, but can you just contain and mitigate the damage that he will have? Now, before I get to key number three, I just want to say this, that I think Penix is is going to get his this game. Uh, he's, of course, the Washington quarterback, former Indiana quarterback. You might remember his name. Uh, and here's why I think he's going to get his. Because I think we're going to see a game that's, well, a combination of last year's Miami game and the 2019 Indiana game. Now, those are two very random games to kind of blend together, but you probably already know where I'm going with this if you remember last year's game where MSU gave up a ton of eight-yard routes on the sideline, hitch routes, underneath plays, but they limited the big play. Right now, Washington is eighth in the country, still a young season against two not-great opponents, but they are eighth in the nation at uh, pass plays that have gone 20 yards or more. They've had 12 of those plays that have gone 20 yards or more in the air, so I think like last year's Miami game, they're going to keep the game in front of them. Make sure none of the game breakers can, well, break one. And that is also what happened with Michael Penix in 2019. He threw for 286 yards, three touchdowns, but only 6.8 yards per attempt. And that's pretty low. That was death by a thousand paper cuts. And that could be what we see again if Michigan State opts to limit the big play like they did against Miami last year. And... Hey, that's the strategy 2019 Indiana took with offensive coordinator Kalen DeBoer, who is the head coach of Washington right now, so yes. But even though I think Penix is going to have a good game regardless, how do you keep a good game from being a great game? Well, okay, it's simple as this. Key number three, just get to Penix. Now, of course, that's easier said than done, and no, Penix is not the reincarnate of Mike Vick. He actually doesn't scramble out of the pocket for positive yards all too many times, but he is still shifty in the pocket. He does have good pocket awareness, and Washington's offensive line so far this year has allowed zero sacks. And allow me to say it for the 87th time this segment, but yes, Washington, like Michigan State, hasn't really played anyone worth writing home about, but still... This is an offensive line with good former four-star talent. And their first two games, they didn't even have Jackson Kirkland, their left tackle, who was back-to-back all Pac-12 first team. So, it's a good offensive line. But, hey, what's across Washington's good offensive line? It's Michigan State's promising pass rush with Jacoby Winman, who's leading the country in sacks. And, well, how about just the rest of MSU's defense that's leading the nation in sacks collectively as well? Which one is the real strength between Washington's offensive line and Michigan State's defensive line? And which one has just been a mirage because they just faced weak opponents this season? That could very well be what holds Penix from a good game to a great game and decides a Michigan State win and a Michigan State loss. Stay tuned. And also, hey, we got a lot more coming at you. But first, I just got to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. Woo! Hey, 
if you're feeling saucy, if you're feeling like Vegas is really screwing the pooch right here and the Spartans should not be three and a half point underdogs, put your responsible money where your mouth is at betonline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's Week 3 college football games, Week 2 NFL games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, is at BetOnline. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action. That is at BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, thank you so much for making Locked on Spartans your first listen or watch every single day here in the Locked on Podcast Network. Now, if you have been a loyal listener of this show, first of all, thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. That means a lot. Now, second of all, um, if you're not, okay, the last few weeks really, even in the offseason, we've talked about big questions about Michigan State going into the season. And more specifically to this week, how we really wouldn't truly know how to judge those questions until, well, you hit the road to Seattle. I don't need to tell you this, that, yeah, there's a big difference between two home games against MAC opponents and uh, hitting the road against a Power 5 team. Okay, that goes without saying. Now, what are those questions that we still want answered? Because, hey, so far we have an inkling of what to believe. Like, you know, the first one that I'm looking forward to finding out is MSU's run game. And really, this could also be a fourth key to the game, if you will. But so far this season, Jalen Berger, Jarek Broussard, a combined 6.2 yards per carry. That's really good. And also, if you want to talk about it with this game specifically, hey, that's a great way to keep the defense off the field. A defense that's going to be facing probably, in my assumption, a heavy passing attack and controlling the tempo of that game. If they could do it against Washington, who is... I would say average run defense right now. It's tough to say they were so bad last year, but they also ran a completely different scheme than this year. And by that, I mean they don't have their safeties starting the snap in the parking lot while the rest of the team is on the field. So there's more help, yada, yada, yada. It is going to be a good test, and this is going to be a big takeaway if Jalen and Jarek have good games. And oh my God. We've got some great diamonds in the transfer portal again at running back, and we're feeling pretty good about how the run game is looking the rest of the season. Also, yes, Michigan State does have the most sacks in the country. Their pass rush has been superb so far, thanks to, well, Jacoby Winman, Chris Bogle, the interior guys, uh, and also, yeah, the coaches of, uh, the assistant coaches of the year already, Brandon Jordan, Marco Coleman, but... Like I said already, like you've already heard, Washington has not given up a sack yet. This is going to be a test where we can actually take concrete takeaways of just how good Michigan State's pass rush is. Also, on the flip side from the defensive line, Michigan State's offensive line has done pretty well so far this season, especially Brandon Baldwin. Been really impressed with his play, but hey, let's let's bring up his name again, Braylon Trice. Also, in Washington's interior defensive line, we got two guys that are over 300 pounds. They have a lot of beef between the defensive ends, the edge rushers, and one of them is a converted guard who stands at like six foot four, 320 pounds, or something crazy like that. So this is another good test for MSU's offensive line. 
a lot of takeaways coming from this game. Also, hey, if I could just single out a player, is Kendall Brooks really this solid of a long-term replacement for Xavier Henderson? We don't know if Xavier Henderson's out just one more week or if he's gone until the bowl game. We will never know that because Mel Tucker keeps things really tight. Uh, but hey, you know who had a tight game is Kendall Brooks last week against Akron. He was solid on tackles, three solo tackles, seven total. And I don't think he missed a tackle, if memory serves me correctly, if me re-watching the game serves it correctly. But he was a solid hit stick. Can he do it again against, well, superior weapons that Washington will have that Akron did not? Also... Yeah, that's right. I've made it. How long have I made it so far without talking about kicking? 17 minutes with me not talking about kicking. I'm starting to break out in hives. But let's talk about our guy Jack Stone right now. Does he simply have the stones to deliver on the road? That is a pun. Uh, but really, no, no. Like, does he actually have it in him to deliver on the road? This goes without saying that this is the biggest game the true freshman has played in. Okay, he has kicked two field goals. One of them has missed the net entirely in the opener. And then the other one, last week against Akron, I looked like it was going to be good from like 58 yards. That was right down Main Street. So, hey, this is going to test this young kid because, as we know, in the world of college kicking, hey, 50% of it's physical. Do you have the luck to do it? There are 50% right between the ears. So, uh, yes, does Jack Stone have, does he have what it takes for us to believe in him? The rest of the year and also hey let's not even talk about the guys that are wearing the helmets the shoulder pads or really even holding the clipboards on the sidelines but could this be another notch in the strength conditioning and nutrition team's belt we talked about the 2018 Arizona State game that was absolutely miserable very hard to prepare for so was last year's game against Miami with the new strength and conditioning staff the nutrition team that puts a lot of emphasis on all things players bodies I don't have to remind you, but I will anyway, because it's so fun to talk about, that Michigan State boat raced Miami in their home stadium with Miami's sideline in the shade, keep in mind, and MSU's in the beating Miami sun. They were able to absolutely send the Jets against Miami because they were prepared. They were hydrated. They were nutrient-plenished, if you will. Now, I know Washington is very similar weather to like it is in Michigan, but... We're dealing with jet lag, dealing with the time zone change, just different atmosphere altogether. So this could be another notch in the preparations belt, whether that's coaching or, like I said, the strength, conditioning, and nutrition team. Now, with all that said, with all that said, that got me thinking, wow, we can do a lot of overreacting this game, and this is going to be a really, really big boom of overreaction online, in the message boards, in conversations you're going to have with family and friends, and... What doesn't help it is that it's going to be a 7.30 game on a Saturday. We're going to be extra hydrated for this game. And boy, are the thoughts going to be flowing, whether they're good or bad. Hey, I'm going to be doing it. You're probably going to be doing it because, again, this is Michigan State's first true test of the season. There's so much anxiety surrounding, okay, how well is MSU really going to do this season? Can we expect double-digit wins? Or, uh-oh, are we looking like a team that is only going to go like 7-5? and five? We are going to overreact the hell out of this game. And I think it's the biggest overreaction game since 2016 against Notre Dame. Uh, I say that because, look, obviously, like, the game's later in the year. The game's in October, November. Yeah, we all react to every single game. But by those months, you kind of figure out who you are 
as a team. There's no real surprises going on um, or no concrete takeaways for the long-term future. This one is a little different. This one is a little different because it is so early in the season. And I know that we had early season big games against, you know, Arizona State, those back-to-back -back years, or even that 2019 Tulsa game uh, after the coaching staff was reshuffled. But still, I, I think it's different to have a big test after an 11-win season versus, okay, see how good you're going to be after a season where you ended as Redbox Bowl runner-ups. So, yes, I go back to the 2016 game against Notre Dame as the biggest game that we will overreact to because you you remember this. This is after the college football playoff. Lost a lot of good players. Changing of the guard at quarterback. And it was the second game of the season. And oh my goodness, on the road in a top 25 matchup, MSU boat raced Notre Dame. And we're all feeling great about the season. It's awesome. We're jovial. Tyler O'Connor is him. This team is going to be okay. It was awesome. And hey, if MSU wins... This Saturday, <laughs> that's right, buckle up. We're going back to double-digit wins. Those Minnesota and Maryland games creep around the corner. Those look like wins that you can pencil in. And, my God, let's say Thorne plays pretty well. Um, we are free to imagine how dynamic this offense can be. Let's say if Winman looks like a monster against Washington's offensive line, I'm ready to say that we have a top-10 pass rush in the nation. And, look, this would be another statement game for Mel Tucker. <sighs> But if MSU loses, oh, oh no. Oh no, is Spartan Nation going to be infighting to the nth degree here? Uh, we might start to realize why Vegas only had us at a 7.5 total for the wins. Uh, maybe not be feeling too great about the Minnesota and Maryland game. And honestly, if Thorne, for the third time this season, starts to struggle... I think it's time that we move this up to DEFCON 2, if not DEFCON 1, because, again, hey, there's a lot that rides on his shoulders. If he looks shaky again, then we're going to start to wonder if the offense can ever get off the ground entirely. But I will say this, at the end of the day, hey, that 2016 Notre Dame game, we overreacted a lot. It was great. I had an awesome time. I, I thought we were going back to the Cotton Bowl at worst that year. But... And I'm telling myself this too. I'm telling you this. I'm telling myself this. But really, I'm talking to the little person in the back of our heads. That we have to remember that this is just one game. And it still is week three. Because like that 2016 Notre Dame game, as fun as that win was. Uh, yeah, you know how the rest of the season went. You know how the rest of the season went. I won't even say how the rest of the season went. Because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, but yes, hey. Overreactions are going to be a plenty. I will be doing some of the overreacting. I know this. I know that I'm going to be guilty of it, but that's the fun of college sports, and that is the fun of being a fan of a team with a lot of question marks playing against another team in the Power Five with a lot of question marks and doing so on the road. We can get through it together, guys. We could all do it. Let's just collectively hold hands and go into Seattle with good vibes. All right. We are going to switch it up. Hopefully the good vibes still roll in our next segment. Five best bets for the second week in a row. We are above 500, but first it's got to pay a quick bill. So let's do that right now. It's five best bets and every single line that you hear will be courtesy of betonline.net. Once again, your number one sports gambling experts. So that's the site to go to. Uh, hey, this is very exciting for me. Uh, we are above 500 right now. We are 8-7 on the season. We are making it rain. I just bought a yacht in the Caymans, actually, courtesy of those winnings per betonline.net. That's right, 8-7. and seven. 
Let's go. We went 3-2 and two last week. Uh, MSU covered against Akron. That was a snoozer. Uh, Kentucky plus 5.5 in the Swamp. Didn't even need the points. And then BYU minus 3 against Baylor. Uh, the two that we lost... Uh, U of M only beat Hawaii by a zillion and not a zillion and 14. So we came up short of that spread right there. And then the over in Baylor versus BYU did not hit. But we march forward. We march on. Love the board this week. As we do every week, I will start with the Michigan State game. And, uh, yeah, they're playing Washington, if you haven't heard yet. Uh, the Huskies, it's going to be on the road in Seattle. And, <laughs> look, Michigan State plus three and a half. I could very well see Michigan State winning this game. Kind of as easily as I could see them not winning this game. So I'm not going to touch the three and a half. Call me a coward, but hey, I'm a smart coward. You know, I'm, I'm not going to put money on anything I don't 100% believe. So with that said, we will be taking the over in the total, which is 56 and a half. Hey, before the season started, uh, this line actually opened up at 46 and a half points uh but Washington looks competent now okay they have a good offensive coach they have a quarterback that can actually throw the ball uh they have a good offensive line and yeah like those weapons that really didn't put up any stats last year uh oh it might be because they had a coach and quarterback that was severely misusing them and well now they're actually good so with that said I also like MSU's offense and look Washington's run defense isn't anything to write home about and we already talked about this, is that if MSU's pass offense can start clicking, this is a great secondary to do it again. So we are going over 56.5 points right here for bet number one. Bet number two, uh, look, we, we took the Storm and Mormons last week at home in a top 25 matchup against Baylor. It hit, and now they hit the road to Eugene, Oregon to face the Ducks, but... The Cougars are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, I like BYU this year. I think they play a tough physical game, and hey, that, that travels. Tough physical defense travels. And also, on the other side of the field, looking at Oregon's offense, uh, I've been burned on this kid way too many times to count. I, I, I would not trust Bo Nix to make me a slice of butter toast correctly, uh, let alone lead an offense against a top-25 team. So, hey, I'm going to take the three and a half points. I'm going to take the team that is full of men that are like 33 years old, you know, fresh off their missions and on another mission to beat Oregon in their home stadium. So, hey, give me the three and a half for BYU. As we move to the other side of the Mississippi River, we have Ole Miss minus 16 at Georgia Tech. I will be laying the points. We are taking the running Rebels. And now this is an odd game to bet. I can't lie. Uh, both teams were kind of listless last week. Uh, Georgia Tech somewhat limped to a victory against Western Carolina. We could just have another Carolina in the mix. Awesome. And uh, Ole Miss, not an impressive win against Troy. But the difference for me is, uh, is that... <laughs> Ole Miss is a team that just played down to its competition, and I actually worry that, well, that is Georgia Tech's competition right there, kind of limping to the finish line against Western Carolina. There's a reason Georgia Tech had a win total of 2.5 this season. They are not that good, and I think Ole Miss is going to bounce back and, uh, yeah, not just cover 16 points, but potentially even more than that. So, hey, Lane Kiffin, take me to church, baby. Let's go. Uh, pick number four. <laughs> And this is this this just sounds stupid leaving my mouth, but hey, it's Miami. 
against Texas A&M. It's at Kyle Field. Texas A&M just lost straight up to Appalachian State, and really, Appalachian State kind of controlled that game, even though they only won by a few points. But A&M is minus 5.5 point favorites. Folks, if you've been listening to this podcast for long enough, if you've been watching this YouTube channel for long enough, even back to the days where Will Hunter was a great co-host of mine, a common theme was, if something stinks to high heaven, if something absolutely looks horrible, just makes you want to throw up a little, you take that line. You take that line. We are riding Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies, minus five and a half point favorites coming off of a horrible loss at home against Appalachian State against the Miami Hurricanes, who seem to be clicking pretty early here. So, yeah, I don't know how this makes sense, but you know what? This stinks to high heaven. I have to plug my nose every time I look at the line. So with that said, we are going to walk into the light that Vegas is giving us, and we're taking the Aggies, minus five and a half. Oh, that feels gross just saying out loud. And last but not least, uh, we will be taking a visit to our old friend Pat Narduzzi. He is minus 10 at Western Michigan. Really weird game. I don't, I don't know why Pitt is on the road to Kalamazoo. I don't know if the athletic director just hates Pat Narduzzi, but I, I digress. Uh, look, Western Michigan beat Pitt last year. You think Pitt's not going to remember that or really circle this game on their calendar, kind of? Look, Pitt still wants to flex. And quite frankly, though, I don't think Western necessarily holds the passing game to play catch-up if they do get down early. That didn't really inspire me what they had in East Lansing. Not necessarily inspiring last week against Ball State as they barely (laughs) beat them. And I do like Pitt's defense a lot. I think Pitt's defense really played well against Tennessee last week. Yes, they got lit up considerably in the first half, but second half on, they only let up three points until overtime. So, yes, between Pitt's defense, the revenge tour that they're on in Kalamazoo, and then just lack of faith in Western's pass game, I do like the Pitt Panthers minus 10. So, class, to recap, we have Pitt minus 10 against Western. We have Ole Miss minus 16 against the Rambling Wreck. We have... Heavens, Texas A&M minus five and a half against uh, Miami. Good luck, everyone. Uh, BYU plus three and a half against Oregon. And then Michigan State, Washington over 56.5. There you have it. Hey, thank you so much for getting ready for Saturday's game with us here at Lockdown Spartan. You guys are truly the best. Uh, Cannot thank every single one of you for either listening, watching, commenting, writing in at LockdownSpartans at gmail.com or really anything you guys do. You guys are the best. You already know that we will be back with overreactions to this game or maybe correct reactions. Who's to say? We'll see how the chips fall on Saturday night in Seattle. Going to try to have a video up sometime middle of the day Sunday. Uh, The podcast will be up Monday morning. And then from that point on, five days a week as we head to another game. That's right, against Minnesota. You know where to find us. Locked on Spartans. You guys are the best. Enjoy your weekend. Love you all. Go green. Let's go.